the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I know a place where we can go to lay the troubles down eating your soul. This is Crosswalk, Colorado Springs. Now, your host, Eric Cartier, Senior Pastor of Rocky Mountain Calvary Church. Like a tide, it is rising up deep inside a current that moves and makes it come alive. Good afternoon. Welcome to Crosswalk Colorado Springs. This is Pastor Eric Cartier from Rocky Mountain Calvary. I'm a local pastor, love living in the Springs in El Paso County. This show is really dedicated to uh, Southern Colorado. So thanks so much uh, for listening. Today I'm going to be looking at the power of the gospel. It's part two. Last Monday, we also looked at the power of the gospel. There's a couple of things on my heart and on my mind is... First of all, I think that we're getting overwhelmed with a lot of bad news. Like here we are in November, we're racing towards Thanksgiving and Christmas. The economy is terrible. Inflation continues to go up. There's so much turmoil. There's so much uh, confusion. But in the midst of that, I believe it's a really awesome time for the gospel. For us as believers to focus on the gospel, to be excited about what Jesus has done for us and to do for others. I can't think of a better time for us to be sharing the gospel with those that don't know Christ as their Savior. I think the world is really searching for a truth. I wanted to share a few quotes about the gospel and then really talk about what does it look like to live in the gospel? What does it look like to share the gospel? This is a quote from Paul David Tripp, and he is one of my favorite authors. He wrote a book several years back called Dangerous Calling. He's just knowing he's seeing so many pastors falling into sin, walking away from the Lord, getting disqualified from, from ministry. And, and one of the things that he writes in Dangerous Calling is to keep focused on the gospel. He uses this phrase to preach the gospel to yourself uh, every day. And I've kind of laid hold of that So what does it mean to preach the gospel to yourself every day? Well, first, I'm reminded that I'm a sinner. Today, I'm a sinner. I've committed sin that, apart from Christ's sacrifice, would separate me from God. But what does the gospel declare? I'm a sinner that God loves. I'm a sinner where Jesus died for my sin and rose again. And as I've trusted Christ for salvation, I'm the Son of God. I'm robed in Christ's righteousness I've been given eternal hope, eternal home, that nothing can separate me from the love of God. So it's that truth that I'm a sinner, that Jesus loves, that he died for, and I'm completely forgiven. So to really live out a life that's centered on uh, the gospel. Here's a couple more quotes from Paul David Tripp. He says, if you don't keep the eyes of your hearts focused on the paradise that's to come, you will turn to this poor fallen world into the paradise it is never intended to be. 
I really like that because if we don't focus on heaven, we're going to try to make this fallen world the paradise that it was never intended to be. And part of the gospel is that we have eternal life. For those of you that are believers, this is the worst that it's ever going to get. It's only going to get better. And we're closer to heaven than we've ever been before. We're closer to the second coming of Christ than we've ever been before. And our lives, we're closer to going home to being with the Lord than we've ever been before. I love this too. By Paul David Tripp, it says, The cross guarantees that even in your darkest moment, God will never turn in disgust and walk away. There is no rebellion, no weakness, no foolishness, no evil heart that the cross can't defeat and grace can't transform. Isn't that great news? That is great, great news. Because of Jesus' death, there's no dark moment that Christ will not be there uh, for us. So what does it mean to really live in the gospel, to to live in this knowledge that I am forgiven by uh, the Lord? I think the first is to really lay hold of that there's no condemnation, that I am uh, forgiven. Because a lot of times as believers, we know that we're forgiven in our minds, but in our hearts, uh, we walk in condemnation. We don't believe that the Lord has forgiven us or we have messed up once again and we're, we're too far gone. But the gospel declares that we are forgiven. I want you to hear me on this because when we don't receive the forgiveness that God has provided in the blood of Jesus, we're really minimizing the sacrifice of his son. We're really saying that the sacrifice of Jesus is not enough. When we lay hold of God's forgiveness, we're in a place of trusting in the sufficiency of what Christ has done. So first I would say life in the gospel is to know that you're forgiven and to not walk in condemnation. Now there can be a real battle here for us in in condemnation because in Revelation we're told that Satan's the accuser of the brethren. So he's actually going before the Father and accusing us before the Father Now, thankfully, Jesus is right there to step in and to be our advocate and say, Eric belongs to me. I died for him. He is uh, forgiven. So we have that advocate in Jesus Christ, but Satan's going to try to get us to be in that place of condemnation. We can't wear the label of our sin. We have to wear the label of God's forgiveness. So that's life in the gospel. Another really important verse when it comes to living in the gospel is Colossians 2, verse 6. And it says, As you've received Christ, so walk in him. Because we don't want to ever lose sight of the gospel. So let me ask you this. If you know Christ is your Savior, how did you receive Christ? I think there was probably two things that were really paramount in you receiving Christ. And the first was humility. I know when I trusted Christ as my Savior, there was this huge awareness of, of my sin. There's this brokenness before God. So to continue to live in the gospel, we want to stay in that place of humility, of realizing that I'm a broken sinner before God. But then the second thing is we trusted. We had faith and believed that Jesus is real, that Jesus is God, that he died for my sins, that he rose again, and I was forgiven, that I received eternal life. I was the the child of God. So to continue to walk in Christ in the manner that we received him is to continue in humility and faith. I know that I'm broken, but I know that God loves me. 
How has the gospel impacted your life? How did you come to know Christ as your Savior? Maybe you don't know Christ as your Savior and you're examining Jesus. And part of your journey of examining Jesus is listening to uh, Christian radio. I would encourage you in both camps, whether you're a Christian or you're examining Jesus, is to take a fresh look at the Gospels. We've got a few more weeks left in this year. How about tackle reading the Gospel of John? If you don't have a Bible, uh, you can buy one on Amazon. You can get a Bible app. If you're here in town, come to Rocky Mountain Calvary. We'd love to give you a Bible. Look at the table of contents and you'll find the Gospel of John. It shares with us the life of Jesus. If you know Christ as your Savior, read the Gospel of John once again and allow the glory and the magnitude of what Christ has done, his death and resurrection, providing forgiveness for us. So what's life in the Gospel? Well, life in the Gospel is knowing that I am forgiven. Life in the Gospel is knowing that Christ is never going to leave me or forsake me. Life in the Gospel is trusting and knowing that I have everlasting life. And if you'd like to trust Christ for salvation right now, you can cry out to him, believe in him, confess him as Lord, and receive the forgiveness of sins. You're not going to want to miss the rest of today's show. We're going to head to a break in uh, just a moment, and then we're going to be talking about the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. There's so much bad news that's happening and taking place in our world. Uh, There's violence, there's confusion and chaos in, in our government. They economy is bad, inflation is up, but we have good news. And I think it's an awesome time for us as believers to be focusing on the good news of Jesus Christ and sharing uh, the good news of of Jesus Christ. So uh, when we get back from the break, we're going to be looking at the the power of testimony, looking at some places in scripture where people share their testimony, the blind man, Saul who became Paul, and then how to uh, prepare your testimony His testimony is an awesome, powerful way for us uh, to be able to share the gospel. You're listening to Crosswalk, Colorado Springs with Pastor Eric Cartier from Rocky Mountain Calvary. This does turn into a podcast anywhere you find your podcasts, Crosswalk, Colorado Springs. Stay with me. We're going to be right back. Crosswalk, Colorado Springs on 100.7. The Word. Welcome back to Crosswalk, Colorado Springs. Hope that you're doing well, that your commute is going well. Thanks for joining me on your Monday from your 5 to 6 o'clock hour or finding me on the podcast. Really appreciate it. Local pastor from Rocky Mountain Calvary right in the central part of the city. Love Southern Colorado, love Colorado Springs, and it's a joy to just be on the air and talking about the goodness of Jesus Christ. Oftentimes we focus on all the bad news that's happening in the world, uh, but God in the midst of this chaos is bringing people to himself. And I think this is a great time for the gospel. We are seeing more and more people uh, come to know Christ as their Savior in these uh, difficult uh, times. So I want to take some time this afternoon to talk about the power of testimony and how to prepare uh, your testimony. Another way to think of testimony is God's story in your life. A couple of places where we see the power of testimony, the first is in John chapter 9, where we find 
that a man was born blind. And it's interesting the disciples asked this question, who, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Isn't that an interesting question, that if they're suffering, then there must be sin involved? And that's not always the case. Uh, we live in a fallen world, but they're assuming that this man was born blind as a result of sin. But Jesus said, neither this man nor his parents have sinned, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. And Jesus went on to heal him of his blindness. And he mixed up some clay and had him go wash in the pool of Siloam. The controversy of this is it was the Sabbath day. So this, in the minds of the scribes and the Pharisees, constituted work. So after this man had received his sight, they were grilling him. The scribes and the Pharisees were all on his case and on his parents' case. And this is what we find from the blind man is he didn't have a lot of answers to their questions, but he continues to say this, this one thing I know, I was blind, but now I see. That's the power of testimony. That's the power of declaring God's story in uh, your life. Oftentimes when we think about sharing Jesus, we think that we've got to be an expert, that we've got to have all the answers. And we're really afraid to talk about Jesus because what if someone asks me a question about the Bible that I don't understand? Well, you don't have to be an expert. We can do exactly what this blind man did and say, I don't know about this, but this is what I do know is I was blind, but now I see this is what God has done in my life. I was recently talking with a, a man from Rocky Mountain Calvary that has come to know the Lord in just the last few months, and he was sharing all the amazing things that God has, has done in his life to bring him to Christ and the things that the Lord has delivered him from and set him free uh, from. That's the power of testimony. Also, we see Saul, who became Paul, share his testimony three times in the book of Acts. He shares how he persecuted Christians, that he was on his way to Damascus to arrest Christians, and God called him by name. Jesus spoke to him and said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And I love Saul's response. I think he meant it, and he continued to live this way. Lord, what do you want me to do? Oftentimes when I ask the Lord, what do you want me to do? It's like, God, here's, here's the choices, A, B, and C. But Paul, he was completely surrendered to the Lord. He was, he was open to whatever the Lord would have him uh, to do. And in that moment, he also was struck with blindness, which is interesting. And God told one of his servants, Ananias, to go and pray for Paul, who was, who was Saul. And Ananias is like, well, let me see if I've got this straight. This is Saul who came here with the authority to arrest Christians, but he goes and he prays for Saul and Saul received his, his eyesight. And Saul would share this testimony many times throughout his life. And we've had it recorded three times in the book of Acts. Whenever God uh, repeats something in the scripture, then we need to pay attention to it. We should pay attention to anything in scripture but especially if it's uh, emphasized. You know, as a parent, if you say something over and over to your kids, it's important to you. And, and God is showing us uh, the power of testimony in this, the power of what happens when we share what God has done in your life. 
What I really like about a testimony is it's really hard for somebody to uh, refute uh, your testimony. How so? What, what, what do I mean? They may not believe that God is the creator, or they may not believe that Jesus is God, but how can they deny what Christ has done in your life? How can they deny the healing in your marriage that God has brought, or God setting you free from addiction to drugs or, or alcohol, or giving you a heart for people when you used to really have a heart of anger and being resentful uh, towards uh, people? So, when we share our testimony, when we share God's story in our lives, it brings God's glory. And we see that with the blind man who was healed. We see that with Saul. When we think of Revelation chapter 12, it says that Satan's the accuser of the brethren. We talked about that uh, just a little bit ago. But they overcame Satan by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony, and they didn't love their lives unto uh, the death. So we want to be in that place of sharing what God has done in our lives, in the past and also in the present, because God is glorified and Satan is defeated as we share our testimony, share what God has done in our hearts and in our lives. You're listening to Crosswalk with Pastor Eric Cartier from Rocky Mountain Calvary. We're looking at the power of the gospel uh, this afternoon what God has done in our lives, and the importance of uh, sharing the gospel with others through uh, testimony. How do you prepare your testimony? How do you put together your testimony? I think it's one of the most powerful tools that we can prepare as believers is writing out uh, God's story in our lives. And we want to write it out to where we can share our testimony in three to five minutes. Last week, last Monday, I shared my testimony on part one of the gospel. You can go to the podcast to to check that out. But I love reflecting on what God has done in my life. So if you've never prepared your testimony, I want you to break it up in a few simple categories. As first, think about what your life was like before Christ. A little bit of your background. How did you grow up? What kind of home uh, did you grow up in? And then Start thinking about what were the events that led you up to Christ? So what was your life like before Christ? Was there emptiness? Was there despair? And then what was it that God did in your life? What were those events? Was there someone that shared with you? Was there difficulty that was going on in your life? And then how you came to know Christ as your Savior? For some, it was a process. For others, it happened in a a moment. For my parents, they were invited to a Bible study where they responded to the gospel. So what was your life like uh, before Christ? And then how you responded to the gospel? And then the last thing you want to look at is how did that then change your life? Not that there's perfection, there's not perfection in in any of us, but what difference did Christ make uh, in your life? I know for me, the thing that changed right away is I started to want to read the Bible. I'd never wanted to read the Bible before, but God had put that in my heart and he had put that in my life. So the power of testimony, sharing uh, your testimony. You're listening to Crosswalk Colorado Springs with Pastor Eric Cartier. We're we're looking at the gospel today, the the power of the gospel. We're going to head to a break. Uh, Stay with me as we continue to look at what does it mean to live in the gospel? What does it mean to share our testimony with others and to share uh, the gospel. 
You're listening to Crosswalk, Colorado Springs, Monday through Wednesday, right here on 100.7. The word don't go away. With so much bad news, we're talking about good news, the good news of Jesus Christ. Stay with me on 100.7, The Word. This is Crosswalk, Colorado Springs, on 100.7, The Word. Welcome back to Crosswalk, Colorado Springs. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in, finding us right here on 100.7 The Word or also on the podcast. You know, I can find myself being discouraged with all the bad news that's uh, taking place and and wondering what is God doing. But what I've been feeling uh, for the last three years or so is that this is an awesome time for the gospel. I'm seeing people come to know Christ as their Savior that don't have a church background, that have not been to church before in their lives. But in the midst of all of this craziness and chaos, they're coming to church and they're hungry for uh, Jesus Christ. So the message of the church is that Jesus loves sinners, that he died for sinners and rose again and graciously, freely forgives us of our sin. As we've received Christ, we want to live in the gospel where we know that we're forgiven. We're trusting not in ourselves, but we're trusting on the grace of God, responding to the goodness of God, then also sharing the gospel uh, with others. I don't know about you, but I find it a little bit difficult to share the gospel, especially one-on-one. I love it when I do it. I love it when God gives me an opportunity to share the gospel. I actually find it a little bit easier to share the gospel in a preaching-teaching context uh, where it's a monologue instead of a dialogue that, that, that happens where I might be risking a relationship. But for us to be like the Apostle Paul and not be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I think the enemy really comes against us and says, you struggle too much, you have too much sin in your life to share Uh, the gospel, or you don't know enough to be able to share uh, the gospel. But the gospel is not perfection. It's not us going to somebody saying, I've got it all figured out. But the gospel is, hey, I'm a beggar who's found bread. God has graciously found me, and I get to share with you uh, the bread of life. There's no such thing as somebody being in professional ministry, you know, far from. Oftentimes we think that only a pastor or a missionary or someone who works for a nonprofit can share the gospel, but God wants you to, to share the gospel. The statistics are pretty amazing. How many of us as believers don't share uh, the gospel? Have you been in that place where you've never shared the gospel with someone else? And, and I want to encourage you that God wants to use you in these trying times to share the gospel, to proclaim uh, the gospel. So first, be praying for opportunities. Pray that God would give you opportunities to share uh, the gospel uh, with others. And then pray for boldness. May we take those opportunities that God gives us and look for those opportunities. So then the next question you might be asking is, well, how do I share the gospel? We talked about just before the break that your testimony is a great way uh, to be able to uh, share uh, the gospel. What's your testimony? It's God's story in your life. Briefly, what was your life like 
before Christ? How did you come to Christ? What's changed in your life? I'd encourage you to write that down, to practice it, to to share it with a a believer so that you're prepared to share it with uh, an unbeliever. Also, in how to share the gospel, one of my favorite ways to share the gospel is to use scripture. John 3.16, I know that many of us know it well. It's probably the most famous verse in the Bible, rightfully so. Billy Graham, if you notice, when he shared the gospel, he would say this phrase, the Bible says, the Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So I like using John 3.16. I like sharing that with someone. Something like this, what do you believe about God? This is what God declares about himself, that he is a God of love. And he proved that love by sending his son, his only begotten son. We know what it is to love our children. How much more so does the father love his only begotten son? And he gave his son to die upon the cross for our sin. That whoever believes in you're a whosoever, I'm a whosoever, for God so loved you. Put your name in, in that place. Believe. Well, what does it mean to believe? To trust that Jesus died for your sins and rose again, inviting him to be the Lord of your life. If you'll do that, then you have everlasting life. It's God's promise to give you everlasting life. So take that opportunity to share John 3.16. I want you to think about Colorado Springs, Southern Colorado, Canyon City, Pueblo, Lamar. How many people in Colorado Springs have never heard the gospel. My mom went through uh, the first 20 years of her life never hearing the gospel, never hearing that Jesus loved her and died for her sins and there was salvation apart from works uh, by grace. A lot of people think that they have a knowledge of Jesus, but it's not an accurate knowledge of Jesus. It's been said, I think rightfully so, that you might be the only Bible that that somebody uh, reads. Is there somebody in the grocery store that God wants you to share the love of Jesus Christ with? Is there a neighbor? Is there a family member? Is there a coworker? You know, for us to see our kids' sports teams as an opportunity to share the gospel, to share uh, the love of Jesus Christ uh, with others. Probably about a month ago, I was headed into East Library. Sometimes I go to East Library here in the Springs to study. It's a quiet place. It's free, free internet. And as I was going into the library, I just felt an excitement for the gospel and a desire to uh, share the gospel, which I wish was in my heart more. Uh, it's not always the case, but on that particular day it was. And I, and I just thought, I just thought it in my head. I don't even know that it was like a formal prayer. Wouldn't it be great to, to be able to uh, share the gospel? So I'm sitting there in East Library at a table and I could feel somebody walking closely behind me on my left shoulder. And then they came and, and sat down right next to me. And they broke all of the library etiquette uh, rules. You know, if you're at a table, that table's kind of reserved for you and nobody comes and sits next to you. And it was a young man and he was clearly going through a hard time and he really wanted to talk. Now, I was thinking in my mind, uh, I'm busy studying. It's like, no, this is exactly why God has me here is to hear his story. It turns out he was homeless and struggling with drug addiction and 
got to hear his story and then just share the gospel with him, share the goodness of God that Jesus loves him and died and rose again. And it was amazing as I, I just shared the gospel with him, how much my heart was just rejoicing in the gospel, how much I was rejoicing in the goodness that Jesus loves sinners and has died for our sin and rose again. Maybe it's been a long time since you shared the gospel with an unbeliever. Maybe you've never shared the gospel uh, with an unbeliever. Hear me in this. It's a great time for the gospel. We get to share the gospel because it's the power of God unto salvation. To really love someone, to hear them, to get involved in their life, to meet needs, but then to proclaim and declare uh, the gospel and to see God use and work uh, the gospel in, in their lives. There's a real misnomer about Colorado Springs that this is a reached city and there's a lot of great churches and there's a lot of great Christian organizations that I'm so thankful for, but there's so many people that don't know Christ as their savior. And for us to, to see our city as the mission field, to see our workplaces, our neighborhoods, our apartment complexes as a mission field, our kids' schools as a mission field, because there's power in the gospel. When there comes the knowledge that Jesus died for our sins and rose again, we believe we're saved. We become uh, the child of God. This is Pastor Eric Cartier from Rocky Mountain Calvary. Uh, Thanks so much for listening and joining me on Crosswalk. We're going to head to a break and then we're going to be right back. There's so much bad news in the world, so many things that can get us discouraged. But this afternoon on Monday, we're kicking off the week right and we're looking at the glad tidings of the kingdom. What does it mean to be in the gospel? How can we share uh, the gospel uh, with others? For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. We're going to head to a break and we'll be right back. Don't go away. Thanks for listening to 100.7, The Word. Talk a talk that I don't walk and miss the moments right before my eyes. Crosswalk, Colorado Springs on 100.7. The word. Good God Almighty, I hope you'll find me. Praising your name no matter what comes. Welcome back to Crosswalk, Colorado Springs. We're on Monday through Wednesday from 5 to 6. This is Eric Cartier from Rocky Mountain Calvary, local pastor here in the central part of the city. If you're looking for a home church, I'd love to invite you out. Something I'm passionate about is us being together as believers, whether it's at Rocky Mountain or any of the other awesome churches in uh, the city. It seems like uh, through COVID and the time since COVID, we've really gotten in the habit of uh, maybe possibly watching from home, and we're thankful for that. But there's nothing like gathering together as believers in worship, hearing the word together, being in relationship together. So our services are Saturday night at 6 and Sunday morning at 9 and 11. We have youth ministry and children's ministry. We're currently studying the gospel of Luke chapter by chapter, verse by verse, looking at the glory of Jesus. We also have a service on Wednesday nights. Wednesday nights is well attended, and we take an in-depth look of where we were at on a Sunday morning. So you can join us Wednesday nights at 6.30 as, as well. 
you're wanting to learn more about the church, you can go to rmcalvary.org. And I just get the joy of, of hosting Crosswalk Monday through Wednesdays from 5 to 6, uh, right here on 100.7, uh, The Word. Last Monday and this Monday, taking a look at the power of the gospel, the glory of the gospel. I shared this uh, last week and really liked this uh, quote, want to remind you uh, of it. It's from Kevin DeYoung. It says, if the gospel is old news to you, it will be dull news to everybody else. Is the gospel old news to you? If we're aware of our sin, the gospel is not going to be old news uh, to us. If we realize, man, I'm a sinner before a holy God and I'm lost without him, we're going to be rejoicing in the grace of God. It's amazing that God would send his son to die for us, to freely forgive us of our sin apart from our works. One of the things I think that's important for us individually as believers and then as the church of God, the big C church corporately, is we never want to lose sight of our message. What What is our message as the church. It's Jesus Christ and him crucified. Paul, when he came to Corinth, it was a very secular city and a very intellectual city, a lot like the cultures that we see today. Probably be similar to rolling up to CU Boulder campus. And Paul said, I was determined to share with you the testimony of God, of Jesus Christ and him crucified. If we have just a moment to share with an unbeliever, what are we going to share uh, with him? One of my favorite books it was written a long, long time ago. I read it for the first time in high school. It's called No Wonder They Call Him the Savior by Max Lucado. And Max Lucado proposes, you know, if you sat down with someone in a coffee shop, a cafe for a few hours and you could share one thing with them, what, what would you share with them? And he goes through the seven sayings of Christ upon the cross. As Christ was hanging upon the cross, he he cried out and said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. He cried out and said, I thirst. He, He cried out and said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He cried out, it is finished. This great work of salvation uh, was paid uh, for us. And we want to take those opportunities, look for those opportunities, pray for those opportunities, ask for boldness to proclaim the gospel. And God's ability to to get a hold of someone, to speak to them, to turn their life from darkness to light and change them from the inside out. So would you be willing to share the gospel, share your testimony, share God's story in your life, how he saved you, how he got a hold of you, share that simplicity, but the power of John 3.16, also of Romans 10.9. It's such an important time to be sharing the gospel. What does it mean to live in the gospel as we've received Christ so we walk in him? In Ephesians chapter 6, we're told to put on the gospel on our feet. What does that mean? To shod our feet with the preparation of the gospel. The Romans were known, their soldiers, for their footwear. They had some sturdy sandals that helped them as they traversed and were able to travel good territory. And I love this as we do have a spiritual opposition that comes against us is one of the things that God has given to us is gospel shoes. <laughs> and those gospel shoes, it means that every step I take is in the gospel. Think about that for a moment, that nothing can separate me from the love of Christ, no sin, no circumstance, no difficulty. 
Nothing past, nothing present, nothing future. Every step I take is in the gospel, the gospel of peace. But also with that, that every step that I take, hopefully I'm looking for opportunities to be able to share the love of Jesus Christ with others, to proclaim the gospel. One thing I love about the book of Acts is they were filled with the Holy Spirit and proclaiming Jesus everywhere that they went. And and we need that. And I had a lot of fun growing up in a home and I didn't always appreciate it as a kid, but my mom would go to the grocery store and she would see the grocery store as an opportunity to share the love of Jesus Christ. And she would love on people in conversation. She'd hear their stories. At times she'd share the gospel. And she's seen people come to know Christ as their savior, just as she's been out doing her normal business, living her life, being aware that there could be opportunities to, to share the gospel with others. And that's, that's the gospel of peace. That's the gospel shoes where I'm not just going to the gym tonight, which Lord willing, I'm going to do here in a few minutes. But while I'm at the gym, I'm going with my gospel shoes. How can I love unbelievers? How can I encourage believers uh, when you go to work? You know, maybe you're home from work, but when you're at work, okay, Lord, I've got a bigger mission than just earning a paycheck is how do I share uh, Jesus Christ uh, with others? This is part of living in the gospel that we shot our feet with the preparation of, of the gospel of peace. But notice there's a little bit of preparation there. There's this understanding. This isn't the natural mindset that we would have going through our day that every step is in the gospel, that every step is an opportunity to uh, share the gospel. We're living in a culture that is more and more contradictory uh, to Christ. The, The darkness seems thick. But as we look in the Bible and we look at throughout church history, it's when things are dark that God shines the light of the brightest. I mean, we're hearing testimonies of many people coming to know Christ as our Savior in Afghanistan which from a human perspective makes no sense as the Taliban is cracking down and is ruling, but God, God's bigger. We've heard from China for years now of the explosion of the church in the midst of the opposition. Iran, in the midst of the craziness there, people are coming to know Christ as their Savior. And I'm seeing people come to know Christ as their Savior here in Colorado Springs in the midst of a culture that seems to be turning their heart against Christ. People are searching. As you're listening, if you don't know Christ, I want to give you the opportunity to turn to Christ, to believe and be saved, to believe Jesus died for your sins and rose again, invite him to be the Lord of your life, and he will be faithful to his promise to forgive you of your sins, to give you everlasting life. It's the most amazing gift, the gift of Jesus Christ. And I know as believers that we don't feel equipped and we struggle with our own sin, but it's not based on us. It's not our inadequacies. It's God's faithfulness. He uses the weak and the foolish to confound the wise. So God wants to use you as you go throughout your days, look for those opportunities to proclaim and share the gospel because the gospel truly is the power of God unto salvation. And Paul declared, he's not ashamed of the gospel. Let's not be ashamed of the gospel. So thanks for listening today. Thanks for taking the time uh, to to listen to today's show about the gospel. I hope it's an encouragement to you. If you found it to be an encouragement, uh, the gospel part one and part two, you can go to the podcast 
Crosswalk, Colorado Springs, anywhere that you enjoy your streaming and listen and share other podcasts. Please come back and be with us tomorrow night from 5 to 6. Have a great evening. Know that the Lord's with you and that He loves you. God bless you. Good night. Treasures that fade are never enough. Then you came along. Three star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to, he understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.